Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Laura Grassley and today I'll be talking to you about how and why to measure and improve your accuracy and precision in the lab. One of the first things that any scientist should consider when measuring any attribute, whether it is the concentration of a solution, the quantity of DNA in a sample or fluorescence intensity, is how accurate is this measurement? Understanding accuracy and limitations in the lab is of the utmost importance to forming sound conclusions about experiments. This episode discusses accuracy and precision and provides concrete examples of ways to understand method limitations and improve measurements in your lab. So what do we mean about accuracy and precision? You likely have a good understanding of the difference between accurate and precision. Since accuracy and precision are fundamental to almost all the sciences, they are typically one of the first subjects covered in introductory STEM courses. With that said, let's get a quick refresher before we proceed to the consequences of misunderstanding accuracy and precision in the lab. For every measurement we make, there is an actual value that we are trying to obtain. Furthermore, whenever we prepare a material by weighing or dispensing it, there is a target value we are trying to reach. Simply put, accuracy is how close a measurement is to the actual true value, whereas precision is how close those measurements tend to be to each other. For example, consider that you have four pipettes that you are using to dispense 30 microliters of water. If you took 10 measurements from each pipette and knew the actual volume dispensed, you could determine whether each pipette was accurate and precise. For example of this, see figure one in the original article written by Adrian Huntress for an example of how to do this and what the results mean. The article is linked in the episode description. So why is it important to be aware of the trueness and precision of our measurements? Understanding the concepts of accuracy, also known as trueness, and precision in a simple pipetting example is one matter, but it's trickier to identify and monitor all the factors that may affect accuracy and precision, as well as the resulting impacts on your results. Consider a situation where you are preparing custom cell culture media. Perhaps you plan to weigh out 200 grams of dextrose for your weekly experiments. You might go ahead and add dextrose with a scoop until the scale reads 200 grams. How often do you think about how close the scale is to reporting the true mass? It could be the scale is out of calibration and the actual mass you're adding is closer to 196 grams. In other words, how accurate is your measurement? Let's assume that your scale is accurate. You still must consider the precision of the measurements. What if the scale is on a wobbly table or a vent that turns on and off affects the measurement? In this case, the finished culture might turn out slightly different from week to week. Although this is a simple example, the effects can be pretty profound. In our example above, the composition of cell culture media directly affects the health and growth of cultures, which further influences other measurements we are taking and could change conclusions drawn from the entire experiment. Simple issues like these can quickly compound and cascade into a plethora of issues, like increased variability and invalid results. Therefore, determining if your system measures a characteristic without bias and repeatability is clearly of crucial importance. So, is any measurement ever truly 100% accurate and precise? Here's the bad news. While being 100% accurate and precise is clearly ideal, it is impossible in reality. 
there is always some non-zero variability from factors outside of our control, such as the instruments, environmental conditions, and lab personnel. With that said, there are many things we can do to maximise accuracy and precision when conducting experiments. Drum roll, please. So now we're going to give you eight ways that you can improve your accuracy and precision in the lab. Tip number one, keep everything calibrated. Calibration is number one item on the list for a very important reason. It is the most critical means of ensuring your data and measurements are accurate. Calibration involves adjusting or standardizing lab equipment so that it is more accurate and precise. Calibration typically requires comparing a standard to what your instrument is measuring and adjusting the instrumental software accordingly. The complexity of calibrating instruments or equipment varies wildly, but typically user manuals have recommended recalibration instructions. Bitesize Bio has several articles on routine calibration, including routine calibration of pets and calibrating your lab scales. Links to these articles are in the episode description. Tip number two, conduct routine maintenance. Even if all instruments in your lab are calibrated, odds are that they need regular care to operate at their maximum accuracy and precision. For instance, pH meters need routine maintenance that can be performed by novice scientists, while more sensitive instrumentation may require shipment of parts to vendors or even on-site visits. Again, check your user manuals and call equipment manufacturers to ensure you take appropriate measures to keep lab equipment running under conditions optimal for accuracy. Tip number three, operate in the appropriate range with correct parameters. Always use tools that are designed and calibrated to work in the range you are measuring or dispensing. For example, don't try to measure OD600 beyond an absorption of 1.0, since optical density, OD, readings this high are beyond the dynamic range of most spectrophotometers. If you are ever unsure about using an instrument to measure accurately at an extreme value, reach out to a trusted peer or mentor for advice. What if you are choosing between two tools that are both calibrated for use at a given target? You might have two pipettes that are both designed to dispense 100 microliters, e.g. 20 to 100 microliters or 100 to 1,000 microliter pipettes. When in doubt, choose the tool with more precision. In this case, the 20 to 100 microliter pipette. You can also watch our on-demand video to show how you can improve your pipette technique for more information. This is linked in the episode description. Tip number four, understand significant figures and record them correctly. The number of significant figures you use and record is critical. Specifically, significant figures provide the degree of uncertainty associated with values. Keeping these consistent when measuring items repeatedly and ensure the number of significant figures you are using is appropriate for each measurement. Tip number five, take multiple measurements. The more samples you take for a given attribute, the more precise the representation of your measurement. In situations where sampling is destructive or you can't take multiple measurements, for example, growth rates in a culture, you can increase the number of replicates to compensate. However, for measurements like OD readings or cell counting, it's reasonably easy to measure multiple parts of a single sample. Tip number six, detect shifts over time. Some systems are prone to drift over time. For instance, background absorption in high-performance liquid chromatography may be indicative of column failure. If you notice that measurements drift in a single direction over weeks or months, address the issue immediately by recalibration or preventative maintenance.
Tip number seven, consider the human factor. We don't often talk about how a technique in the lab may vary from person to person, resulting in differences in the measurements of a single property. To minimise the inherent variability between scientists, ensure that procedures are kept up to date and are as descriptive as possible. In some cases, it might be easiest to have only one person responsible for a given measurement. But I appreciate this might not always be possible. Ensure that all lab personnel are trained, especially on highly manual techniques like pipetting, to maximise accuracy and precision. And our final tip is to perform a measurement system analysis. While this is a relatively complicated method to gauge accuracy and precision, measurement system analysis, also known as gauge repeatability and reproducibility analysis, is the most comprehensive and statistically sound way to get a complete picture of the accuracy and precision of your measurement. This technique mathematically determines the amount of variation that exists when taking measurements multiple times. To conduct an MSA, you need to design a study that incorporates known and unknown sources of variation. There are various analysis methods available, but if your measurement is absolutely critical, it may be worth exploring. You can read our article on various ways to conduct an MSA. Again, it's linked in the episode description. So that's it for measuring your accuracy and precision. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bedside. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.